FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 282 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. We're your hosts, Jason and Denise Venable, and it's time to continue our hunting season. We're going to... Shh. I'm hunting for Wolverines. We're hunting for Wolverines. We're going to talk about the hunt for Wolverine weapon. <laughs> <laughs> weapon? Weapon wasp. The Weapon Lost miniseries number one. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, I like the hunting for Wolverines better. I was going to do something with uh, uh, Hungry Like the Wolf. Oh. Uh, yeah, like uh, Weapon Lost Adamantium Agenda. <laughs> wow. We're on the hunt for Wolverine. The cause of a killer, mystery of Madripoor. We're on the hunt for Wolverine. I, I like shh. Yeah, yeah. Hunting for Wolverines yeah. way better. Yeah, it's better. It's better. But if someone Especially because I did it. <laughs> <laughs> this time, yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, this I this episode you it. get both. You get both, and next time you won't. So enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> You're cocky. No, I wouldn't do yours. Oh. This is grouchy pants and jeans. I'm pregnant and hormonal. <laughs> <laughs> and it was demo day today. Demo day! Yeah. We are one day closer to not having to share our bathroom. <laughs> We're not counting down or anything. No, no. Only 18 more to go. <laughs> I don't think it's that long. No, it's not. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm adding in in case they find stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah. You never know when you start tearing stuff apart. What's going to be underneath? I was shocked. What lies beneath? To see our floor, it was gross. Right. Yeah. So, and in case you know what we're talking about, we had a, a leak in our upstairs bathroom, and um, that came through the kitchen. The <laughs> kitchen ceiling, right? But that also meant the subfloor was damaged, and um, due to the nature of some of the leak that we didn't know about that had been going on for a little while, it was yeah, the subfloor was pretty gross. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. yeah. You know the He-Man character, Moss Man? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> anyway, not all in the subfloor, but part of the subfloor, a little section kind of looked like that. A little? Well, I mean, about... It was like three two square feet. feet. Yeah, yeah, it was like two feet off the toilet area. Right. Yeah. All I could think about is... <laughs> never mind. Well, it's not like it's pee. No, it's not pee, but it's just the fact that it was growing <laughs> anyway, there yeah, under your feet, right. under the tile. Oh. Yeah, no, mold is gross, and that's why you get rid of it as soon as you find it. Right. Yeah. So anyway, none of that has anything to do with a uh, Wolverine. No. Or the hunt for Wolverine or Weapon Lost. But before we get to the new kickoff of the new miniseries, um, we kind of discussed a scene from the, the hunt for Wolverine one-shot. And some the listeners responded, and we got an explanation, uh, particularly one I liked from a friend of the show, Aaron Ackerman. Um, Ooh. So we were, remember when Kitty went to the grave? Yes. And she was like, oh, I think something's off. Right. And we weren't really sure what the pan, what Marquez was showing us. When she put her, panel. when she put her, put ear her head to down. The yeah. yeah. And I thought maybe they were just kind of visualizing like her trying to listen, like phasing through. Right. Aaron thinks, and I think if you look at the body position again, it's actually a good theory, is that that was her phasing her arm down through the soil. And she was laying with her head on the ground, but her shoulder and arm phasing down to try to feel. Feel him. Yeah. And so I think it's a pretty pretty good interpretation of what was happening. So I'm going to go with that. I'll go with that one too. Yeah, I like it. I thought it was a good suggestion. Now so, I'm um, mad I didn't think of that. <laughs> it's okay. Sometimes our listeners can be smarter than us, and that's okay. I don't know. I'm pretty smart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Again. Pregnant and humble. <laughs> <laughs> it's the humble pregs. <laughs> I'm humble pregs. 
Um, <laughs> I wish I had an immediate edit button. I have to remember where that was. <laughs> Why? It's like humble brag, but it's humble I, Oh, brag. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with it? Nothing per se. <laughs> anyway, uh, weapon. Whoa. Just turned off the shark tank. You don't tell people what we're doing. Well, no, we actually <laughs> have a shark tank in our room with real sharks. <laughs> we like to watch them. We, we feed them small little fish. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and we see who loses. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and we got the giggles. How long this last? <laughs> oh my! Is that baby tickling you inside? Oh, tickle, tickle in the uterus. Oh, oh no! It actually hurts. Uh, <laughs> Oopsie! Well, why don't you watch you knock it off then? Oh, goodness. Well, anyway, uh, so Hot from Wolverine uh, has four miniseries <laughs> as my wife lies dying next to me. All right, pull it together, baby. I'm sorry. Pull it together. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <sighs> oh, goodness. And the first of the miniseries is Weapon Lost. And so that's where we're going to start this episode. You ready? Sorry, yeah. All right, here we go. Hunt from Wolverine, Weapon Lost, number one, written by Charles Soule. Art by Matteo Bafagni. Colors by Jim Carolepidus. Letters by VCs Joe Sabino. And the cover is by Greg Land, J. Shresen, and Romulo Fajardo Jr. So, on the cover... We have like radar vision raindrops with Daredevil, and we have Misty Night in the foreground, and then we have like a a silhouette like target almost like bullseye of Wolverine silhouette. I think it's a pretty awesome cover. You don't like it? I can tell by your face. <laughs> it's not that I don't like it. I think. There's a lot going on. There is. It reminds me of like an old spy something. Yeah. Yeah. Not so not so maybe a movie poster, maybe like a spy novel. Kind of a spy novel feel to it. Yeah, you know what I you know what I think it is? I mm. like the layering. So I like <clears throat> sorry. Yeah, you know, I like how Misty Knight is kinda on top of Daredevil and then there's that layering of the building and the fire escape, fire escape, and then you know th- the raindrops and whatnot. But I kind of feel like the silhouette of Wolverine, like it was cut out of paper and then just pasted on top. I I wish there was some layering. I think it was because, but because it's a silhouette, there's no depth to him, so he is two D. Whereas yeah, but Daredevil but and Misty Knight are very three D with with the texture and the color. Yes, but like if his foot went behind her head, but his claws still went in front of her, uh, like there would be that level of layering. Okay. And I don't think it would bother. Or if his claws went behind her head, and his foot was, you know, that to help give that depth of motion. That I feel like this. And it's only this part of the page. Like, if I cover up Wolverine, I'm like, yeah, I'm digging it. When I cover up Daredevil and Misty Knight, I'm like, no, <laughs> not so much. Okay. And it's just a critique yeah. thing. Yeah, fair enough. I, li- I like all the layering, and then I feel like Wolverine's an afterthought. Like, they said, oh, we got to fill up that space. What do we do? <laughs> okay. I think it's pretty awesome. I like it a lot. In fact, I'm even good if you... Uh, Look on my Twitter handle. It's going to be my, uh, what you call it? Your avatar. Avatar for a little while. Yeah. So. All right. Well, it's interesting because, you know, we've been kind of, if you listen to the episodes with uh, 
Dan and Georgie, we've been pretty lukewarm on Charles Soule's Astonishing X-Men book. Mm-hmm. But I'm very high on his Daredevil book. And I think he gets Daredevil like just fantastically. And so it's really interesting to see you know, Daredevil show up in this book and how it kind of ties in. Um, and of course, Matteo Bafagni also did some guest spots on Daredevil uh, in between the Ron Garney issues. He was one of the guest guys. And so, so it's kind of like the Daredevil creative team or one of the Daredevil creative teams in a book that focuses with Daredevil. And um, so obviously this kind of picks off, you know, the, the Hunt for Wolverine one shot kind of a launch pad for these different miniseries because we know that Kenny Pride approached Daredevil to help help find Logan. So that's kind of where we start here. Can I... Sorry, I just yeah. want to interject one thing. I really love this title page. The Hunt for Wolverine logo or... Yeah. Yeah. Except, I don't know, this is just how my brain works. When I see something and then I have this idea... And then I can't get it out. I have to say it to get it out of my head. I think it would have been cool had we started this with Hunt for Wolverine has no bullet holes or broken pieces. So have it changed from issue to issue? Right. So like that in, would this, be cool. in yeah. this issue, if they get shot at, then in the next one, maybe there's like a few bullet holes. Or if there's an issue and they're in a sword fight, then like part of the W looks like it's been whacked huh. off like so the the hunt you know as the the issues go on that title page gets more degraded and so it's it's like what they're going through while they're hunting for wolverine right yeah that would be, that'd be pretty cool i don't know if it necessarily has to match the story elements just have it slowly degrade, degrade. over time would yeah. be fine too i think it'd be fun and it's kind of an easter egg for people if it did degrade um to match the story to beats. match the stories yeah, that's an interesting thought for or sure. even if it you know granted it with this one you know it would be plain but if something happens in this one so maybe there were bullet holes and something else so it alludes to what you're about to read right. like i don't know i just i had that idea and i thought well maybe that would help actually bring you a sense of like, ooh, what's going to happen now? Right. Yeah. All right. Sorry. No, I think it's a cool idea. So we start off in Hell's Kitchen with Daredevil flying around. Um, Kind of a weird thing where he says, I don't normally take notes, but I thought this was important. (laughs) But it's kind of weird. I don't know. Like, Charles Soule uses Daredevil's internal narration in his own book, and he doesn't have to describe it as notes. He just understands that it's just internal narration. Right. For whatever reason, he felt the need to distinguish that this is actually being recorded and written down, which is an interesting kind of thought that Daredevil was like, I think, you know, I may need to refer back to this or someone might need to know what's going on in case something happens to me or whatever. I'm um, also wondering if... How many issues is this supposed to be? I think the, I think all of these are four each, but I could be wrong. There might be five. But okay. I think they're four. Well, I'm wondering if at the end of four we find out like something happened and he has to write it down. Oh, maybe. And so we're, we're it's almost a pulp fiction move. Like Because he says I normally don't write this down. But I'm wondering if something happens and he's like, I have to write this down now because I've gone as far as I can. And I I need this. I need to be able to pass Uh, this on. Yeah. Or, you know, I think it's obviously not all four of these books. I'm assuming I could be wrong. They may try to tie it together and they all find Wolverine. I'm going to guess they probably don't. And so maybe, yeah, maybe at the end he's like, okay, I couldn't find him. Maybe he goes back to Kitty's, but here's what I found. Right. And so, you know, you can take this and and try to move forward or figure out what you want to do with it or whatever. So that's a possibility for sure that, you know, he ends up writing it down because he just doesn't, he's not able to actually find him. So, hmm, maybe. I didn't think about that. But anyway, so he is. He's writing it down. He's taking a log. I really love this panel. It's not necessarily his radar sense, but... 
just kind of this this shadow he cast over the city as he was kind of catapulting and stuff through the air. And um, Charles Soule does something pretty cool here. Um, he kind of ties in all the stuff he's worked on the last few years and pulls characters from it. So obviously he's doing Daredevil right now. Um, for a while he was doing one of the Inhuman books. And this Frank guy that we're going to meet was very, one of his characters he introduced and was very involved in that series. And uh, basically, uh, he was a cop who got some powers when uh, Black Bolt dropped the T-bomb, the Terrigen bomb. And uh, he quit the force. And in fact, he talks about that a little bit in this book. And uh, is now head of security in New Adeland. Okay. and Frank McGee. I don't th- I don't remember if he has a code name or not. But anyway, uh, he flies in on his uh, flying inhuman motorcycle <laughs> from New Adeland. And at first, he's kind of hesitant. Like, you know, I respect you, Daredevil. I want to help you, but I don't really have time for this. And also worth mentioning that Soul brought McGee into the Daredevil book as well. Uh, There's an inhuman story, uh, one of the bad guys, Muse. Uh, Frank helped Daredevil catch him. Okay. And so, and they actually took him back to Adelaide to be a prisoner. Um, so, but he says, you know, security there is pretty easy, so maybe he can you know, lend a hand after all. Um, but it's funny. <laughs> uh, Daredevil was trying to sell the case, and he, uh, he says, well, we're looking for somebody. It's Wolverine. <laughs> and he's like, which one? Yeah. The old one? The lady? The blonde kid? The android? Okay, so what's the android? I have no idea. <laughs> Someone's got to help me out with this. Because I don't know in current stories what that would be. Now, he could be referring to like the old like Hama Silvestri days. But, I mean, there's got to be something more. It's Borgarine. <laughs> a, a Wolverborg. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what. What I mean, any story like in the last five or six years or more that had specifically a cyborg Wolverine. I'm racking my brain. So if I forgot it, guys, you know, someone, you know, get on Twitter, get on the Facebook page, let me know because I'm I'm really really interested to to know what I'm forgetting here. Um, or maybe it's like an alternate story and I missed it somehow I don't know I just obviously so obviously the old one is the old man Logan right the lady which I don't know don't know how I feel about McGee um minimalizing her like that but obviously that's Laura as all new Wolverine um the blonde kid Jimmy Hudson from uh I think it fits his personality true yeah yeah I mean he is the hard-boiled detective yeah so um although I could see him being more the woman but true at least he didn't say the broad. Right. <laughs> that I would have punched him through the comic book. Right. Just go straight Dick Tracy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Jimmy Hudson from uh, the Ultimate Universe and uh, uh, X-Men Blue. But I really can't remember what the the androids from. So. And he really, he really does look like something out of like Star Trek Borg. Yeah, yeah, like Terminator, like, like Cable yeah. Wolverine. Um, it is futile to resist us. <laughs> Snick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then Daredevil's like, no, the real one, the the first one, the original, the OG Logan. He was dead, but now he may not be. We don't know for sure, but we're going to try to find out. Um, you know, kind of kind of explains that like everybody's looking for him. Right. But, you know, it'd be nice to be the first to find him, right? And so McGee's up for the challenge. Um, like he says, things are kind of sleepy back home. He goes, but it feels like a big job. It may take us kind of all over. I don't know if the two of us can handle this. And Daredevil's like, well, it's funny you say that. Because uh, I got a third. Yeah, at least. So they go to Brooklyn. Who are they looking for? Misty Knight. Misty Knight. Yep. And it's funny because these guys come in to rob the bar she's in and she picks up an eight ball and crushes it in her hand. And the guys just kind of run out. <laughs> and they take off. Um, 
and she's reading her book. And Daredevil's not really getting anywhere, so McGee talks to her ex-cop to ex-cop. Yeah, and I, I really... So Daredevil steps out, because yeah. McGee's like, Let, let's cop to cop talk. Right. So Daredevil steps out, and, you know, they. I knew you. Yeah, I knew you. They kinda, yeah, they had heard of each other, right? Right. Yeah. They're kind of BSing back and forth. And then Misty Knight decides to tell McGee um, about her or about something that well, happened yeah, to her. Because he shares his story first about how yeah. no matter what happens, he, he quit the force. Right. And even if he you know, lost his powers or tried to go back, he's still the guy that left to do something else. Right. But what I, I find really sincere and also speaks to Daredevil's character is he kind of interjects here and says... I, I was overhearing, you know, using his sonic hearing, he was listening to their conversation until they reached this point. Right. And then he decided this wasn't his place to overhear, so he tried to focus on a mariachi band. Right. And, uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it really hits home to who Daredevil is. Right. Like, the the overall... The overall good guy. Yeah. And, you know, it says that she's not only retired from the police, but she's also retired from her PI work, which I either forgot or didn't know. Um, So, anyway. But, yeah, when she starts telling why she quit, that's when Daredevil kind of checks out. Um, But they have a lead. um, They get Misty Knight's flying car, of course. And I love how he's like, you got a flying car. And she's like, wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> yeah. And so they go to this warehouse and um, they see all these cables running into the house. Uh, Daredevil can't get a read on it with his radar sense. They kick the door in and um, they find Cyber, Doug Ramsey, in there. And he's lost in the internet. I... So, side note. I'm sorry. I said cyber. I meant cypher. Cypher. Yeah. So, side note. I really love these next, like, two or three pages. Because I think it speaks volumes to our society. Okay. Because cypher. So, he gets. He's literally in an endless loop. He's trying to figure out the internet. Like, what is true and what is not true. He's, he's cracking the code. That's what right. he does. Yeah. Uh, he's but kind of a his mutant power is to be able to translate any language, and so he's trying to translate all the ones and zeros. Right. But instead of just translating, he's trying to find the truth in it. Right, and and I think that's so. I don't know if everyone. Has, <coughs> I don't know if everyone has seen. <coughs> I don't know if everyone has seen the Facebook commercials. That, you know, Facebook is putting out right now basically saying, hey, we used to be this and and now between ads and false ads and all this other stuff, we're going to eliminate that and get back to what you really loved about Facebook, which is interesting because there's a lot of things that I don't like about Facebook right now. Um and one of them is those, you won't believe what happened when she saw her baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they thought it was her baby until he was born. Like, it's just crap like that. And right. and when you click on it, it's two sentences. Why are you clicking on it? <laughs> <laughs> because unfortunately I'm in advertising and I'm curious, like. Uh-huh. No, I, anyway. <laughs> One of our clients wanted me to make a headline of an email or the subject line of an email similar to something like this. And I was curious how they got the hook. Right. Like, I know what, when I read it, what it makes me think. But in reality, what is it saying? Because in advertising, there has to be, you know, the truth in advertising. Right. You have to have a truth. Like, you can't bait and switch. And so... I had to read one of those. And unfortunately, what made me mad was when I clicked on it, it took me to the page 
you read two sentences in and then an ad takes you to a completely different website. Right. And so anyways, I, I enjoyed, I think, cause I've been <coughs> trying to go back and forth with some clients and, you know, who want to kind of not false advertise, but they want to have this blanket statement on their emails. And right. so it's like, where's the truth in this? Like, yeah. If you don't give people your exact offer, they're not going to open the email. And right. so it's kind of in my ongoing conversation at work. So these couple of pages to me really hit home yeah. because he's lost in trying to find the truth. Yeah. They hit home to me for a different reason because I don't want advertising at all. Um, oh, sorry. No, no. It's, I mean, that's why everyone's experience is different um, and why these stories can appeal to different reasons and different things. Um to me, it's kind of filtering through all than just the BS, um, you know, particularly on social media, either Facebook right. or Twitter or whatever. You know, people were saying things like they're fact when they're not. Yes. Um, particularly like around political stories or, right. you know, economic stories or, or whatever. There's just a lot of just blatant either carelessness or just plain lying. Um, right. You know, it's kind of all over the place, and it's hard to. I don't don't use like the the fake news thing because I think that's overplayed. But but it's hard to. It's some, hard. It's sometimes it's hard to determine. Like, is this reliable, or is someone just pulling this out of their butt, or is someone trying to manipulate me? Well, and, and that's the other thing is sometimes I read some of those things and I go, well, what what led up to this? Like. You're stating X, Y, and Z, but what happened before X, Y, and Z to lead to X, Y, and Z? So sometimes I feel like, where's that part of it? Or there's two sides to every story, so where's the other side of this? So yeah, and it, it it's interesting because, yeah, there's I saw something today where someone posted and the person's comment was, what has happened to our society? But the snippet of video they put, it was like, I don't know whose side I'm supposed to be on. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, because it, unfortunately, you know, it's some video that somebody took on their phone and it's now being shared everywhere. But I don't know right. who, do you want to go get Max? No, just keep talking. Oh. I just don't know who I... I'm supposed to root for. So trying to sort through the truth is difficult. But anyway, Cypher, you know, uh, McGee <laughs> is like, I've got teenage daughters at home. I know how to solve this. Unplug. And he shoots the cord and he gets, he basically destroys the internet for Cypher. And Cypher's like, what? <laughs> It's like when we tell Ethan he's grounded from his iPad. What? All right, throwing a, a, a bucket of cold water in his face. Yeah. Um, so an interesting note before we get too far, because I forgot that Doug Ramsey was alive. Oh. <laughs> so he, he very famously died way back, like in 1988 or 89. So he's been stuck in the internet in the since New then? Mutants. No, no, no. No, but I had to scratch my head and think... Okay, did he come back? I eventually remember that he came back in a story in the early 2000s, I think. Could be wrong on my dates, but um, called Necrotia, when, when um, it was an X-Force kind of storyline that brought a bunch of people back, and he was one of them. Um, and he kind of, I guess he's supposedly been in some other stories since then, but I haven't really read them and just kind of forgot, so I kind of had to do a double take, and... It's funny, it led to a very interesting Twitter conversation with um, at Bamber Hill and at also Mike uh, pitched in to just kind of talk about, well, is death, resurrection, obviously, is it overplayed? And, you know, it's a very, very interesting conversation thread and we kind of all went back and forth and just kind of, you know, said, well, you know, it'd be nice if there was some way to kind of track this a little better. <laughs> you know, I think it's easy... Uh, with the the main characters, right? Like your Wolverine, your Hulk. Right. And the point I kind of made was that, because even when they're dead, they're not left alone. Like They're still part of the story. Right. Like Logan's been dead a few years now, but he never really completely left the story. 
like people are thinking about him, right. talking about him. Um, haunting Wolverine, you know, a lot of times is with paying homage to him in, in different ways. And, you know, same thing with the Hulk. Like, you know, he, he died in secret, imp- or no, he died in civil war, was brought back in secret empire, and then died again. And now he's back again. And <laughs> <laughs> that revolving door. But even when he was dead, people were, were talking about him, and he was still part of the story. Like, the whole right. guilt of Hawkeye for killing him. Um, but I think when you get to, like, your your second, third, fourth tier characters, it's really hard to remember kind of what their current status is if you're not following that particular character. And so, you know, we kind of went back and forth on whether it'd be a good idea or a bad idea, whether the, maybe not one at the beginning of the book, you may not want to spoil who's in the book, but maybe at the end, it's kind of having just a little like sentence like, hey, you may remember seeing them last in dot, blah, dot, blah, dot, blah. right. Whether that would be like creatively hindering or not to the to the creative team. Um, but anyway, just I, I guess I don't really have a resolution. I just I thought it was a very interesting conversation and was glad for the guys participating with me and talking about it because it, it definitely brings up an interesting point. Because I think it started because he actually tweeted first. Like I was really he was really surprised to see the fourth member of the team. Right. And I was like, yeah, I forgot he was even alive. <laughs> and it just kind of snowballed from there. Um, but yeah, so but he is. And apparently he's been locked in this cabin um, looking at the internet, which when he said that out loud, that <laughs> makes you think of something else. <laughs> Someone walked in a room with the internet. But um, anyway, um, he's doing he's doing something, I guess, okay. He's trying to figure out the the truth but but they break him they they pull him out cold turkey and then they go get him a sandwich it's funny because he talks about how he's starving they're like yeah it looks like you hadn't eaten maybe bathed in a couple of days months years (laughs) uh we need you to help us find wolverine and then i think it's funny he's like can i borrow one of your phones and they're like uh (laughs) yeah so so i mean and to put in perspective no, you're uh, you're 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 saving your friend. He's he's been on a bender. Right. He's an alcoholic. You take him to get some coffee. I'm like, all right, we need your help. He's like, okay, well, give me a shot. Right. And you're <laughs> like, ah. Uh. <laughs> and then it's funny. He's like, because the way they when they pull they the all plug, kind of react. Yeah. Well, when he they pulled the plug, he pulled a gun on him. Right. And so Daredevil clocks him in the head and knocks him out. That's how they get him out of the house. And Daredevil's like, I normally don't do this, but I had no other choice. So when he says, I need one of your phones, they just kind of look at each other like, um, so, and he even says, he goes, don't worry. If I get out of hand, Daredevil can just knock me unconscious again. He says, Daredevil can just give me another concussion. Right. (laughs) So they, they hand him the phone. He, what, Double thumbs it. What is he really doing? Like, is he is he accessing like the dark web on the the cell phone? Because it kind of looks to me like he just did a Google search. <laughs> and so is why what did Google it, looks like so, in the comic book? Well, no, but I feel like he ran an algorithm. Okay, I guess and, so. And pulled up. It looks like just a web page, but whatever. I think it's pulling up the top, like between social media. And news articles, anything that relates to Wolverine. Because he's got this little news article over here. Wolverine <laughs> got, got me, me pregnant. Yeah, so it's tabloid. It's, yeah. People Honey, tweeting. I'm having Wolverine's baby. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> You're okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, basically his premise is Logan's everywhere. And he has a little like geographic breakdown, like. 41% of the appearances or, or sightings are in the U.S., 33% are in the European Union, 26% are everywhere else. Um, and he's got some other little charts and graphs down the side, right, too, yeah, so infographics. All, all these sightings, which I guess maybe this is a way to try to tie in all those Where's Wolverine uh, post-credit scenes. Like those are all like maybe just reported sightings or... I mean, we know before he stuck it in the toilet that he had the space gym. Right. And so it could just be he's teleporting all over the place, and some people legit saw him, and some people just saw something else. Right. Right. Um, 
Yeah, it doesn't really give them much of a starting place, but that's where it ends. So, yeah. <laughs> it'd be interesting to see see where the story goes. Like, which which of these leads they try to follow, um, you know? But yeah. So, what do you think of the art in this book? I liked it. Yeah, I did too. I did too. Not the colors were kind of the shining star, but yeah, yeah. Well, I, I like the art as well. I feel like there were certain parts where it was a little heavy in the. It got a little the dark. Dialogue. Oh, okay. You got, you got, yeah, visually, I've, some of it got a little muddy, but. Yeah, no, but I also, I mean, it's Daredevil. It's at night. Right. And it's. it's I, it's I get the mood story. that they're right. trying to set, yeah. so it, it didn't bother me too much. Right. Um, I did think, some of it was a little heavy-handed in the conversation but i understand mm-hmm. they're also trying to i felt like they were trying to build a relationship between mcgee and uh mcknight mcknight right <laughs> misty knight misty yeah. knight um sorry no it's okay so they were, i knew what they were trying to do so i was like okay but then other parts it was like did we need that part <laughs> like did i need to know that daredevil was overhearing the conversation like was that important i don't know if it's important i think it just shows character it does show character and i i did like it but then at the same time i was like there's already a lot on this page (laughs) right (laughs) did we really need that part right yeah i I see what you mean no i like the i like the overall tone yeah um i like the idea of kind of our our street level detectives and then kind of getting because cypher really i mean let's let's kind of put this in like a modern detective story okay i know it has kind of the uh the old school like almost cagney feel to it right in, in places but but think of it like an oceans one of the oceans movies okay because so, cypher's pretty much he's just the hacker right and that's gonna be it looks like that's gonna be his role right i mean he Matt, take away his mutant power and put this in an action movie. Our guys find some guy who's just been locked in his room playing on the internet, doing whatever. Like, it doesn't have to be a mutant power. It could just be somebody who's really smart. Right. And so he, I think he's playing the role of the hacker. You know, you have Daredevil who's kind of the leader. Um, you know, Missy Knight is going to be the badass. Frank McGee, who's the hard ass. Yeah. I mean, it kind of kind of starts checking those boxes. But I kind of like that. Um you know, kind of putting the squad together. And I like the detective feel. I like the tone. I don't know if it's necessarily perfectly executed. But but not but a pretty good first issue overall. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. But you're right. I can very much see Daredevil's, the... He's like the leading man, character. right? Yeah. yeah. And if you're comparing this to the movie, McGee, to me, reminds me of Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I can see that. All right. Well, what do you want to give Weapon Lost number one? I'm actually going to give it four out of six. Okay, me too. Yeah, I'm right there. It's a pretty strong four. Um it's a solid debut, and like I said, sets a nice tone. Um, I, I don't really know if I can say what's necessarily wrong with it or yeah. anything's wrong with it. It just, I don't know, it just didn't quite rev my engine the same way that maybe the, the one shot did. Oh, rev it, maybe. <laughs> vroom, vroom. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, I'm definitely interested to see where it goes, so... But four, I mean, four is not a bad score at all. So, I thought it was pretty good. Pretty solid. Pretty solid first issue. All right. What else you want to say about that? Nothing. All right. Cool. Well, we have just a couple more issues to talk about. Kind of keep it a a short episode. Um the cover in your hand reminds me of a WWE wrestling poster. I, yes, very much. I, Sabretooth, so she's talking about Weapon X, uh, number 17, which is the ferocest 
ferocious, ferocious, fer oh my dear goodness, the ferocious first issue of Sabretooth in Charge. And we have WWE Sabretooth on the cover with his uh, Weapon X wife beater holding a world's best boss coffee mug with his blood all over his hands and the mug. Um, it's actually not a bad cover, but no, I agree. Sabretooth right now is totally a wrestler. <laughs> it has been for several years now. Oh, that upsets me greatly. I like him better when he... I like 80s, 90s Sabretooth, my preference. I'm trying to figure out if this is drawn or if it's... Yeah, it's drawn. It's painted. Yeah, but like, okay, so for example, you know how Walking Dead posters or whatever it'll show the main characters but and, and i'm not talking about the comic book i'm talking about the tv show um so there's a way you know they physically shoot right and the they, photography they and draw they, over it they put it in there and they do stuff to it and it uh -huh. makes it slightly cartoony ultra photo realistic and i just i can't decide if that started as a photograph or if it is hand-drawn. I don't know. I feel like it started as a photograph. I will not argue with that at all, because I don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know either. I'm just... Yeah. It's my intuition. Yeah. It could be. But this is Sabretooth in Charge Part 1. <laughs> all I can think of is... Oh, how did that song go? I don't know. Charles in charge. <laughs> <laughs> Sabretooth in charge of my days and my... I don't know. How would you change of it? Of my days and my nights. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even remember the words to the song. I just think of Charles, Charles in charge. Charles in charge of my wrongs and my rights. Yeah. I need... Or I want... No, I need... Tra I don't know. Charles... Uh, yeah. Oh, that show. I just don't love that show. I did too. And uh, Buddy went on to be Bible Man, though. That's funny. And then, um, that oh, that kid. So that kid follows me on Twitter. Really? He's a voice actor now. Yeah. And he, yeah. So I don't know if he, if you listen to the show, well, shout out. Yeah. <laughs> if he is following me for fun, that's fine, too. But if you like the show, um, that's funny. Yeah. And that does remind <laughs> That's funny. Um, but yeah, no, and uh, yeah, I have lots That's of fun, awesome. lots they of fun memories you. of that show. Thought the dad was really funny. Of course, I think every boy my age had a crush on the girl, yeah, uh, the Jamie girl. Um, but yeah, Scott Bayo. Did you ever see? Um, oh, he had Scott Bayo either right before or maybe like in between the first and second season had that. Bugsy Malone movie it was like no. a musical gangster movie, but like a twenties gangster movie, like with Tommy guns and stuff. Um, they had a bunch of fake curse words. <laughs> That's hilarious. Calling them like bastages and um, bastages. Yeah. Oh, what else? Me and Cameron used to watch that show all the time. That's funny. It was, it was a movie. I think he had it on VHS. We we watched the hell out of that. And, um, anyway, yeah, but yeah, San Francisco's in charge of our days and our nights. And um, this, of course, is written by Greg Pack and Fred Van Winty. Art by Yodere Sinar. Colors by Frank DiAmarta. Letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. And the cover, either drawn or drawn over, by Raza. And like we said, yeah, rest for Sabretooth. Drinking a bloody coffee mug. What order? What what Starbucks drink has blood in it? A unicorn frappuccino. <laughs> it might have. It could have. So anyway, um, we start off in Russia, a sickle cell, not sickle cell anemia, but a prison run by sickle with periods, which is the Russian version of Shield, and it's a mutant prison. And the cells have been opened. The people are going to run off. And Omega Red stops them all. Because he was there too. After that X-Men gold story. Yeah. Um, but yeah. 
So anyway, we go back to our Blackbird, which the Weapon X team now has, because they're officially sanctioned by the X-Men now, I guess. Uh, Old Man Logan's all beat up from his birthday party, and so he's out of commission. In fact, he's even running around, and it looks like one of Professor X's old hover chairs. And um, he's like, all right, well, Sabretooth's in charge, and no one likes that. And he's like, well, that way we can all keep an eye on him. But, of course, it goes to Sabretooth's head. Um, He treats everybody very meanly. (laughs) They get the Omega Red news. They're going to go check it out. Warpath is particularly unhappy, but Old Man Logan's like, if he gets out of control, lead y'all astray, put him down. So they go, but we find out that Sabretooth behind the scenes is talking to the foreigner. Deep cut way back to like Spectacular Spider-Man in like the late 80s um, when Sabretooth was working, you know, as a mercenary assassin and he was working with the foreigner. So now he might have a job lined up with the foreigner. So that's kind of interesting. Wouldn't mind seeing something. You know, I, I kind of miss... Like old school Sabretooth. I don't, I don't dislike where Sabretooth went after that. Where he kind of became like a X Men villain, like working for Sinister and stuff with the Marauders. But you know, when he first came out, like an Iron Fist, and was in Power Man and Iron Fist a few times, he, he was just using his mutant powers to make money and to feed his desires, and not necessarily. He was still nasty. I always had. Had a bad attitude, but you know, I don't know. I, I wouldn't mind a return to the 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 mercenary days for Sabretooth. Um and they talk about like he's kind of seems to be reverting to his old self. Maybe the axis is wearing off. So Deathstrike busts him and says, I wanna do this with you. We got all those nuke pills from that terrible story we did, so why don't we use them? Um so anyway they bust into the base they split up, good guys and bad guys. Sabretooth and Deathstrike run off. Warpath and Domino run off to make out. Um, really curious how long she's going to stay in this book with her much better solo series in the works now. And I think Warpath's going to Rosenberg's. Astonishing, if I remember on that right. I could be wrong about that. I don't remember. Um, anyway, so... Turns out Sabretooth is using them for bait. Omega Red finds Domino and Warpath. And then Sabretooth cuts in. But he gets captured. And that's where we end up. So the art is fine. The story is okay at best. You know know what I don't really like about where this team has kind of ended up? Um, You know, you have your action movies. your, Your diehards. Your... Your lethal weapons. But those movies are made up of like, well, I say this, they're not really all very complex. I'm not a huge fan of all of them all the time. Uh, sorry, guys. Um, but you know, at least like like uh, lethal weapon, you know, or or Die Hard, right? You have supporting cast. There's only one Bruce Willis. Right. You're you're, you're tough, tough as nails. Hard talking, whatever Bruce, you know Bruce Willis, gritty hero guy. Right. I feel like this, the cast we have left in this book, everybody's Bruce Willis. So everybody talks tough. Everybody talks snappy. Everybody's all like, and just the thing that bugs me about where we are with Weapon X right now is everybody has the same voice, and it's frustrating. And not very much fun to read. And I know some people are still really loving this book, and that's great. But for me, we've lost all the characters that kind of descended from that. Even Domino is so snarky. She still kind of has like that. And and that's her, and that's fine. And it's not even that these characters are out of character. It's just why have a team, though, where everybody's the same? And to me, it's just kind of wearing thin. Um so with that in mind, even though the art's okay and the story itself is fine, I guess, I'm going to give Weapon X number 17 two out of six claws. And I'm really just kind of waiting for this book to end, but it doesn't seem to have an end in sight. So I don't know. I mean, 
Old Man Logan can't just keep existing, right? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Logan's on his way back now. We're, we're hunting for him. We're hunting for Wolverines. We need to get the old guy out of here. Um, all right, well, also this week, the epic conclusion. <laughs> Venomized, finished. Venomized number five is written by Colin Bunn, art by Yvonne Quello, uh, colors by Matt Yaki, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, and the covers by Nick Bradshaw and Jim Campbell. And the cover's fine. We have Venom jumping in red. A red background, that is. It's fine. Um, basically, the story is over. And that's really all you need to know. Um, somehow, young Jean reincorporates herself out of the poison, and we find out after they cure the poison and separate all the symbiotes from everybody, oh, wait, there may still be some guy, Venom guys out there from the Venomverse. If that's your bag, then I hope you enjoyed this series. It was not mine. I'm glad it's over. Uh, I will say the art. Um, Quello did four out of five issues, and the art he did was really, really good. Um, and the colors really popped. So, you know, big up to the, the artist, uh, Quello and Yaki. Made it look great. I cannot care less about the story. I'm glad it's over. And, you know, I, I think I've said on here before, I just, I liked Andy Brock and Venom originally. You know, in the McFarlane and even Larson days. Um... And I love Reminder's Venom with uh, Flash Thompson. I just I just don't care about modern Eddie Brock Venom. Like, I'm just not interested in that combination. Um, so, not for me. And I, as much as I love Ryan Stegman, um, won't be checking out the new series, I doubt. Unless one of our Wolverine characters show up in it for a crossover. Probably giving it a hard pass. Um, anyway, this, I don't know. The art's really good, but I hated the issue. Um, so I guess I'll give it one out of six claws with that whole claw being only for the art. Maybe I should give it two. So I want to give it two for the art, but I feel like it's even worse than Weapon X, and I get, just gave Weapon X two. So I got to step down. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, I rated it something. I rated it sucky, but great art. <laughs> and that is our episode. So I hope you enjoyed it. And hope you're enjoying Hunt for Wolverine. And um, next week we will talk about the first issue of Adamantium Agenda by uh, all-new Wolverine writer Tom Taylor. So pretty stoked about that. Um, all right. Well, as usual, you can like the Facebook page. Twitter is at Snickcast. You can jump on some of those fun conversations we have. Um, and website, if you want show notes and stuff, it's snickcast.podbean.com. So, until next time, hugs and snicks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, she's back for the bye. Bye. <laughs> Snacked. <gasps> she beat me to it. Yep. And snacked. <laughs>